The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast, all sponsored by Draft.com. Join Draft right now and use promo code DGEN and get a free $3 ticket for attorney of your choice after you make a deposit of uh, $10 or more. If you crush your season-long NFL leagues with a snake draft, this site is for you. Make sure to get the app and get on Draft.com right now. Use promo code DGEN. Of course, I'm here as usual with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambling. Tyler, what a freaking week. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. We had the Masters of a Lifetime, possibly, so that was incredible. And now, I mean, you had the weekend of a lifetime, so we got to hear the life and times of Kenny Kim because not only was it the best Masters ever, but it looked like you lived up some once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Yeah, it was a crazy weekend for me, but let's talk about the golf first. Um sure. What an incredible fucking tournament, man. I mean, that leaderboard on Friday was one of the sickest leaderboards that you could ever see. Like, literally everybody in the top 20 was inside the top 20. That's what it felt like to me. And then you go Saturday, the the, the single-day scoring record at Augusta. Now, the weather definitely played a factor this year. I think that's why it was so bunched up. Because, of course, played a little bit easier than it normally does with the wet conditions, the soft greens. Um, you know, and so it was definitely a little bit easier. But still, it doesn't matter. Highest scoring average a day in the history of the Masters on Saturday. Guys going eight, nine under on Saturday. And then, of course, Sunday. Uh, at one point in time, on the back nine, every single putt that you saw on CBS was either to take the lead, to tie the lead, or keep the lead. I mean, it was sick. There were so many guys in contention. And then we all know what happened at the end. Everyone fell apart except for the man in red. Uh, what a finish by Tiger. Uh, I did not think he could do it. I'll be honest. 
I was not on him, didn't use him in DraftKings. Actually was on a radio show earlier this week and said he I didn't think he could do it. Um, I was definitely wrong. Really glad I was wrong. Um, but everyone just sort of fell apart. All four of Tiger's closest competitors hit it into the water on 12 or uh, at some point in time on the bat. And then Tiger had, we saw the way he finished. The reason why I didn't think Tiger could get it done was because we haven't seen Tiger really do well on Sundays yet to win a tournament. And that was my worry. I mean, could he do it at this event with all the pressure, all the eyeballs on him? I didn't think he could. I think he needed to do it in another event first before he went on and won a major because I did think that he would win a major this year. Now, what he did on the back, you know, that the smartest shot he could have possibly hit on 12, right in the middle of the green while everyone else is flag hung. I don't know what the hell Molinari was doing on that hole. And then, you know, birding 13, birding, you know, the 15th hole. And then that par three, um, almost the hole in one. You know, that, that those last seven holes was vintage. That was the vintage Tiger that we'd be missing on Sundays. And those last seven holes was vintage. What did you think of the tournament? Oh, incredible. So, so many thoughts, Kenny. You, you mentioned it. I mean... For me, a few things stood out. Uh, one of them would be in the midst of all those shots you were talking about. It wasn't just guys making putts and, and people getting into the mix. It was hole-in-ones. It yeah. was water balls. It was, yeah. you know, tap-ins. It was Tiger on 12, with the, like you said, the, the strategic shot. But then he comes up short with the putt and still has to make the six-footer, which he makes, of course. Yeah, that was but, huge. But but that's like a huge momentum swing that just gets left in the dust. And, and then you have, you know, DJ could have got it on 18, didn't. You got yeah. Brooks, could have got it on 18, which would have turned out everyone was... 17 and 18, he missed like a couple of a couple of putts that I've seen him make at majors. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Xander going into the bunkers after he had an eagle earlier, and, and Cantlay was doing stuff early on and then fell back. It was like everybody you thought was just going into it and making stuff happen. Uh, another thing that stood out to me, I don't know if you watched too much of the presser after, I literally watched everything. My wife fucking hated me because she's like, is this <laughs> over yet? I thought you got up at 7.30 in the morning. She said, so this will be over by this. And she's the best. She supports me 110%. But it was just funny that this was literally still going on at fucking supper time, 5 p.m. And I'm still watching him in the presser and everything, rewatching, you name it. And Tiger says in one of the to one of the questions, they said, like, what's your thoughts? He's like, I just can't wait to go home and watch the how the TV coverage all played out. Because, you know, his thoughts were the same. People forget that. He's out there playing. He has no idea. He's just hearing, you know, different types of roars, not Tiger roars, but he's hearing people cheer. He's finding out, okay, he's seeing the leaderboard. This guy must have done this. And he's still having to go out and play his game. So for me, that was kind of cool to see him after the after the tournament ended say that he wants to go home and watch it because he knows everybody was in the mix. He can see that leaderboard. And then the final moment for me was obviously the, you know, the embrace of his children the the refresher back to when his dad was there and now he's the dad i mean that's just as a family man that to me is cool to see and you don't get to see stuff like this very often in a, a historic moment and an absolutely uh clustered leaderboard to the nines that you can't ever expect to see again hopefully we continue to see things like this but this was a board for the ages i mean the thing about tiger is you know back in the day when he was in his prime everyone loved him because he was good but like his attitude and stuff, he, he always kept that demeanor, you know, like I'm the best demeanor. And that was part of his game. That was part of his stick, getting into his, his other golfers' heads, you know, back then when he was that good. But now you see a different Tiger Woods, um, a better Tiger Woods, a better person, 
uh, in my opinion, with the family and all that stuff. He's got all the stuff behind him now. He, you know, he, he, he seems like a better guy. Now, we, do we really know? Probably not. But at least from a visual, uh, from where we are on the couch, uh, he seems like a better guy. It seems like a more likable guy. Uh, and it was that, that scene with his son. Um, you know, you saw that on the Twitter with, uh, you know, the first time he won with him hugging his dad. And then this time him hugging his son. It just came full circle. It was an amazing, an amazing event. Uh, a couple other guys. I mean, Kepka, this guy is just a, a major king. This guy just, all he does is play mages. Uh, I know I, I talked a lot of shit about him. And I still do. I still think what he did was stupid. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, but also it proved to me that what he, he's really more focusing on the majors because, you know, those three months, those six months of golf where, you know, in the fall and, uh, and, and early this year where he lost that weight, he lost about 10 yards on his drive. I mean, he did not play well. It definitely affected his game. And that's what I didn't understand. Now, after the players, he got back on his regular weight, gained some of the weight back, got his drive back, and then was ready for the Masters. And I think that's what he wanted to do. And that was what was on his mind. Uh, you know, I'll do this photo shoot. I'll lose the dough. Um, I'll lose the weight. Uh, I'll suffer in my game, but I got to be ready by Masters. And that's what it felt like to me. And he was ready. Now, if you look at Kepka's starts in majors, let's compare Kepka to Tiger Woods. First, Kepka has 21 major starts. Let's start with Tiger's first 21 starts. So Kepka, three wins, seven top fives, nine top tens, 13 top 15s, and 15 top 25s. Now, Tiger, four wins, seven top fives, 10 top 10s, 10 top 15s, 15 top 25s. Now, of course, this is a little bit skewed because Tiger played six events as a as an amateur uh, before he turned pro at, at the majors, and uh, Kepka only did one. But even if you even if you look at the 20 that Tiger was when he was a pro, um, what, five wins to start in his first 20, uh, 21 events as a pro, uh, nine out of 20 uh, top fives, 12 out of 20 top 10s, 12 out of 20 top 15s and 18 out of 20 top 25 still very comparable to Brooks uh, I, I think he's a must roster every major there's no doubt in my mind am I correct I agree 110 percent and if you look at the top of the board not just with Kepka but if you look at Xander and if you look at Finau and if you look at Webb so three other guys that also are, you know, they're no Kepka for sure. I, I'm, I'm with you on that 110%. But what I will say is Xander has been showing up as what people even have, have slated as sort of the mini Kepka or the mini major slayer, showing up at big tournaments, won the, you know, the uh, East Lake and, and a couple of years ago. So you got him in the mix of all these things. You got Finau and Webb, who last year everyone gave uh, Finau the credit of like the major, mini major guy showing up top 10 in all of them. But Webb was right on his ass and also won the players. And then you look at Molinari, who's obviously turned the corner. But if you just look at this board at the top, talk about the mental state of these guys. We have more mental problems than Jason Day if we start at the, at the bottom as far as how we judge the guy. But he does show up and he does play. And when he shows up, he plays well. So good on him to, to stick it out with the back. I know that pisses everybody off. It is what it is. But guess what? He finished top five. He still stuck it out and made it happen. Molinari. I, mean, I, I, bet Day, I bet Day, right when I saw Day go down on the second hole, I lied, bet him. I mean, come on! You got to do that, right? With Jason Day, I mean, that's the thing his, with him. Yeah, that's his stick, right? I mean, really. Yeah. 
But the, these guys have a different mental mind state. Like Molinari, it is what it is. It got in his head eventually, but that was after, what, 47 holes without a bogey? Sure. You know, Webb wins the players. Finau showed up at all the majors. DJ friggin' sauntered his way around, didn't get no coverage all week because he just wasn't making putts, and he still was a one putt away from what would have put him in a playoff. So, I mean, all these guys, Tiger's a, a different animal altogether. We've talked about him. But this this Masters was something serious. I, I do want to bring up one more thing, though, Kenny. Uh, did you have a further point on that before I got one more thing that I want to talk about? Oh, are you on mute there, Kenny? No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I didn't know. Did you have anything more to talk about those guys? Because I got one more different point. I want to switch topics real no, quick. No, go ahead. It's something that pisses do you, me do off. Do your thing. Uh, I, yeah, my, my thing is this. So another thing came up this week, and it's not to put a damper on it. It was, in my mind, the best master of all time, at least in my time anyway, that I've ever seen, especially watching it live. It was incredible, and I got to watch three and a half days of it, so I was pumped about that. So uh, the one thing I want to talk about is the Saturday was too easy thing. Right. So what pissed me off is because remember the U.S. Open last year when Saturday was like a totally different setting in the morning, in the afternoon, and the, it bounced like a brick, you know, uh, it bounced like a bouncy ball on a, off concrete when it hit the green and everyone was pissed off because Saturday was so tough on them, like it's not supposed to be or something. And then Sunday they made it a little bit easier so that guys wouldn't bitch and it would get all back into it. And then we ended up having a great U.S. Open last year, if, if you recall. This was the opposite, right? Saturday was too easy. Oh, scoring records. This isn't how it's supposed to be. This isn't traditional, blah, blah, blah. But then on Sunday, they got the t- the conditions that were much tougher. We saw it fall back a little bit. We saw everything. The, the greens were back to that glassy type green-esque thing that we want. And, and to me, I love the way those types of majors have played out. I know it's a flip-flop of it, but but I love the feeling of, okay, it's all equal. Everyone can get into the mix. And then, boom, it gets tough or vice versa so that it is more of a challenge where everybody has to see the same thing. It is the best players in the world and you are playing for the ultimate title. I mean, right. That's why there's certain guys that don't have majors. That's what it comes down to. I mean, I wouldn't blame Augusta for that. I mean, they've had so much rain, uh, you know, when it comes down there. And so it should give the Bombers a little bit of an advantage. But even shorter hitters that can hit mid to long irons, good. Uh, The greens were so soft on Saturday. I mean, you saw Webb and Molinari. Uh, go ham that day and these guys aren't the longest guys off the tee even though Molinar has gained a little bit of yards um, on his drive this year uh, you know right. it, it's just the way the conditions were you got to play the conditions there's really nothing that it could have done about that it's not like the US- and, and and you got to have an it's like a major you have to have a, it's, it is a major you have to have an all-around game yeah. and that's what I love you saw Molinari have to get up and down you saw him have to make putts a guy who has yes got much better with the putter like a Webb Simpson from last year to this year or the year before's but what I'm saying is that that's the whole point of this. If someone wants to come out and see guys just bomb and gouge, that's not what a major is. That's not going to define it. Look at this leaderboard. You've got all different types in the mix. And in the end, it came down to even having to have mental in the mix. So it's literally the best test. And for me, I've, I love how these majors have been playing out. And hopefully this is a sign of things to come. Yeah, Frankie was so good with his short game. It was incredible. I know Ryan Baroff had a funny tweet that I saw uh, calling him uh, Francesco Ballesteros. I mean, the guy was just the guy <laughs> was just short game king, man. I mean, it was incredible stuff. Um, but I did just a couple of brain farts. And I honestly thought when we got to the back nine and Molinari was in the lead, it was over. Um, I thought yeah. I thought he was just going to take it down. This guy's just been so steady. At one point in time, uh, it, you know, going into the, uh, uh, you know, a little bit way into the fourth round, he only had one bogey for the whole tournament. Do you know how disgusting that is? He still tied the record for least amount of bogeys or worse uh, in a Masters tournament with only four. Now, the two doubles destroyed him, of course. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and those are just – 
I don't know what happened uh, on uh, with him on 12. 12 was just dumb. 12 was just – he was going – he was pin-seeking when all he needed to do was hit the middle of the green. Um, I think I think it wasn't the Tiger I, – well, I, I don't know. I can't say I know, but I almost know it wasn't the Tiger effect because, because it was more of – He I beat think, Tiger at the Open Championship when he played in the same, exactly. the same group. Yeah. I don't think it – And think we've was, seen that, but, but, but I think it was the board – I really do. You know what I mean? I know that he's a tough guy and he's very, I'll tell you another thing I thought was funny about him in a second, but I think like you said, so much was going on. So many guys were starting to make stuff happen. You know how you can get nervous with stuff or you get like a little bit, you know, that anxiety, it gets you a little bit. It, it got to all these guys just a little bit and it put them off their game slightly enough. And Jack said it after when they called Jack in for bone fishing in the Bahamas, yeah. <laughs> they said, what happened? And he, he was hilarious. He says, I said when when those guys went in the water on twelve and Tiger's just gonna put it right to the middle of the green. Watch this; it's over. It's over. It was. And sure it enough, was. it was. It was. The uh, the, fun, the funny thing with Molinari was his interview after, and, and he said something like, "Yeah, he's like, I think those bogeys might have got me more fans because it is what it is to him." But that just shows his mental state again. He lost it. It's gonna be tough. It's not gonna feel good. But he knows he can get back there and do it again. He's got one last year. He got a picked up by major. He's been playing well. He just won the API. It's not like he's going anywhere. He's been playing great. It's just funny that he still had that sense of humor. And it reminded me, too, of Brooks on Saturday when they asked Brooks, you know, what are you going to think about? He said, I'm not going to think. I'm just going to go out and play my game. Yeah. And, and it didn't work out. But you know what I mean? Again, mental. He went out. He played his game. It didn't. It wasn't enough this time. But you don't think Brooks is going to win another major? I think he wins one this year. Oh, yeah. uh, what do you think? Who who gets the Grand Slam first? Brooks, Phil, or Rory? I don't know, man. Rory, we can talk about if you want. He's you got to scroll down to find him. And even that was with a, a mini type Spieth Sunday this year, like the you know don't give a fuck type come back yeah. from nothing like Spieth did last year, and it wasn't enough. Even close, it wasn't even close to Spieth, but the conditions were a bit tougher. But still, uh, I think he's having a tough time. With that, so I actually think Phil has a chance here at Pebble. Uh, I think that's going to be interesting, and I think that's exciting. But Kepka, man, this guy is just not going to stop. And, and like you said, the stats don't lie. I don't care what he's doing in the off season. Like you said, it definitely affected him. It may be stupid, but at the same time, he's still ready when he needs to be. That him losing a little bit of weight and gaining it all back had nothing to do with missing two putts nothing, on seventeen no, and eighteen, nothing, nothing to do with which could have taken this thing down. Yep. So it is what it is. Tiger did his job. Best Masters ever, in my well, opinion. Here's the thing about Tiger. The next two events, next two majors, Beth Page Black, Pebble Beach. Tiger has two major wins at those courses. Uh, can he do the, the, the Grand Slam? Ah, shit, maybe. I don't know, man. This guy, <laughs> he, he, he impressed the hell out of me. We got two courses that he loves coming up. Um, it's it's, it's going to be a, a great major season. The talent on board is so good. And now that we got top form tiger golf is going to get big this year man we're going to see oh, bigger dude. prize pools more people are going to gamble on it because more people are going to be watching it and you know half the people that watch sports they got to gamble you know what i'm saying so a huge thing for golf huge thing for golf gambling huge thing for dfs tiger moves the needle um it was a big week for every type of golf fan possible uh i can't wait for the major at beth page black it's going to be amazing um and it's so soon. I, lo I love the I new schedule. The, the new, new schedule is great. Money. It's great. It's, it's it incredible. is great, dude. It is great. Yeah. All right. So let so no, we, we talked about the, the the Masters. Let's talk about um move on to my weekend. Uh it was a um first off, 
actually got on a couple of radio shows uh, this week. The Fantasy Golf Generous brand is getting up. You know, I was on the uh, Sports Junkies here um, in in the D.C. area. It's the number one sports talk radio show uh, in the D.C. area. One of my boys is uh, Money Metal Cakes, Cakes from the Junkies. I've been feeding him picks all year, uh, and, and he's been doing very well. I guess supposedly he was always in last place every year in this golf pool that he does. And what the golf pool that he does is one American and one international player every week, one and done. What's his name again? Uh, his name's Cakes. Cakes with his John, boy Kenny. Cakes with John, his boy Kenny scraping plates. Yeah, John. That's, that's, yeah, John Alva. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that guy definitely. <laughs> I, uh, we can talk about that later. But uh, so. Um, you know, so now he's in first place in his league for the first time ever, and people are hating it, and, they, and everyone found out that I've been feeding him these picks. And um, so I w- went on the show on um, Thursday morning, and so I got home from work at, like, Wednesday night. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Was tired as hell. I still had like 100 lineups to make, but I actually fell asleep by accident. Woke up at like 3 in the morning. Just started pounding Crown Royal and making my lineups. I finished at like 7 in the morning and I had the junkies on. Uh, the sports junkies on my TV, and they started talking about me and talking about it. So I called in, and I was straight hammered when I called in. But the segment was fun. I got a lot of good stuff on it. And then I got started getting calls from other radio stations. So I was on 670 The Score in Chicago uh, with Joel Ostrowski Friday night. And, of course, I said that Tiger was going to fail, and so that wasn't really the best thing ever. But that was <laughs> great. Uh, and, and then on, on Saturday, so I got tickets to the uh, – Richmond NASCAR race. So Tom Norwood, he, he listens to the podcast. He's the director of NASCAR for Monster Energy. So um, I guess I, he said that I won him a bet on Charles Howell III at the RSM Classic. I'm trying to figure I, – I go back in my, my records. I'm like, did I really talk about Charles Howell when he won RSM? And nothing <laughs> on my pod notes. And then when I got to the race, Tom was like, yeah, it was a Kenny After Dark segment. And I was like, oh, that's why I don't remember because I'm usually straight up blitzed whenever I do any type of Kenny After Dark segment. So I guess I made – I put up some stat about Charles Howell third and said he has a chance to win. Um, Tom went ahead, took the bet, won like 1500 bucks, And so he invited, invited me down for the whole VIP experience uh, at the Richmond NASCAR race on Saturday. Uh, a great experience. I got to meet Joe Gibbs. I got to meet Rondé Barber. I got to meet a whole shit ton of drivers. But the, the pinnacle of that night was, I guess, two people who were supposed to ride in the pace car. The pace car was driven by Rondé Barber. The, the race was in Virginia. Rondé Barber is one of the biggest Virginia sports figures there is uh, from Roanoke. And uh, I guess the other two guys who were supposed to be in the back of the pace car never showed up. And he was like, you want to ride the pace car? I was like, what the fuck? Yes. So I actually got the road. I got to ride in the pace car of a NASCAR event, which was unbelievable. We, you know, the pace, I was, I was looking behind and all these cars going crazy. Uh, what an experience. I got a shout out to Tom, uh, Tom, shout out to monster energy. They put on a great uh, VIP treatment there. Um, I, 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 I love that. I wish we can go back. 
Um, great experience. I, I mean, me and I was hammered too. And so it was great because I mean, I'm in the back of a of a Toyota Corolla or whatever that they drive for the pace car with all with about 46 race cars behind me, all revving their engines, going back and forth, spinning, you know, getting their tires into the groove. And uh, and it was it was just an amazing experience. What a weekend! Uh, the only downfall was Game of Thrones last night sort of sucked. Wasn't that great? Other than that, it was a great weekend. Um, and I will never forget Tiger winning, me riding the pace car, being on radio shows. It was spectacular. Uh, once in a lifetime type deal. I doubt that stuff like that's going to happen again. Uh, but uh, crazy weekend. Tiger doing it. Unbelievable. But you know what? We still got to grind. So you know what's next? RBC Heritage. And that's what we're going to go for this week. Before we head into the RBC Heritage, let's go over last week's Listener League winner. We actually bumped up the prize a little bit last week for a major. We'll do that for every major. We'll make it a $3 buy-in for the major. So so Highway 202 won the biggest pot of the year, $270. Uh, not bad for a $3 bet. Uh, he had Brooks Kepka at 6.5%, which is, man, that's low. Jason Day uh, 7.5%. This guy's going all on the non-chalk. He had Xander Schauffele at 11% owned. Finau at 19% owned. Cam Smith at 6.5% owned. And Charles Howell III at 26.5% owned. What did you think of his lineup? I mean, the lineup was really good. So, you know, I, I won't just leave it at that. But I, I don't know. I feel like there was such high scoring this week. And I felt like everything like this had, you know, Cam Smith 55 Charles House, 72. There was so many of these balanced lineups out there. So uh, this is a, a strong build, right? He took Howe, which was a chalk value. He took Finau, which was a pretty good value at 8,200. Turned out to be a great value at, you know, in, in hindsight now, it's 97 fantasy points. But you, you needed, you know, you needed Kepka really, because Tiger was there, but Tiger only had 0.5 more than Kepka. Yeah. Tiger actually wasn't even in the winning lineup no, uh, for the Millie Maker, Maker which yep. there was an optimal lineup that had him in it because of Harding. If you because Tiger, you know that's the difference. Tiger was a thousand bucks more than Kepka, so you couldn't get all those good guys in the middle, like the Webs, the Cantlays. You couldn't get them all in. But if you had them drop down from one of them to Harding, who entered the field late, if you recall, uh, I think he was like sixty three hundred or something. There was like one lineup that beat the winner of the Millie Maker that would have beat that lineup, and and you had to have Harding, which just nobody did. Overall. Highway 202, incredible lineup. I, I think the, you know, Brooks play we talked about, I liked him to win the Masters, so I, I think he was solid. Xander, he took the two major killers that we just talked about with Finau in the mix. Day, very risky play, but it paid off, and it was a good pivot off of Fleetwood. And then, like I said, the, the values in, in Hal and Smith were there, and overall it was enough to take down the league, so nice win for him. See him yeah, one thing man. we forgot to talk about is uh, how did we do this past week? So me, personally, my cash game cornerstones did fine. One in cash again. I'm really hot right now. I think I've won like six or seven straight weeks in cash. I think I've had like four weeks uh, straight of four out of four in my cash game lineups. And thank God for cash because literally I have been sucking ass in GPPs. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know if I should change what I'm doing or if it's just a little slow, you know, a little slow period that I'm in. But like, so last year I might have lost money twice when my cash lineup won. This year, it's already happened three times. I lost like $32. I put in like $608, a little bit more than usual. Thank God I played a little bit more cash than usual. I still ended up losing like $38 for the week, even though I won cash. I think I only got back like 10% 
of my entry fees in GPPs. Like that's how bad I had like 300 plus dollars in entry fees and GPPs. And I think I won like $34, $38. It was horrible. I don't know. I had no tiger. I had no Xander. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, that, that happened, but man, it's just crazy how bad I've been in GPPs, but cash I've been killing. Um, how are you doing? Oh, another, another sad, sad week, Kenny. It was, um, a week where I faded Tiger, the the T3POs did pretty good. I had DJ greater than Rory, and I had Cantlay greater than Sergio. The KC one I won't talk about, but it wasn't like Spieth lit the world on fire. But Cantlay was a big pivot for me. Uh, and then Brooks, like I talked about, I was heavier on him because I had him to win. I had him an outright bet, everything. So actually ended up uh, doing really well on the week overall with everything in the mix. Uh, but it was a sad uh, Sunday sweat because I was, I was winning the Millie at one point. I was chopping the Millie at one point. Uh, with 30 holes left, sorry, 30 player holes remaining. So that was like damn. seven holes. Like it was right there. I had three lineups yeah, in the top damn. 100. So it was damn. it was quite the sweat. Ended up finishing uh, 14th, 63rd, and 89th or something. Um, overall, good week that way. My, my main lineups and the big ones didn't do so well, so I actually needed that score in the milli to make up for some of the rest and still keep me in good shape on the week. Um, FanDuel lost their ass because they had that promo of Tiger wins, they pay you all your money back. And I actually did well in that tournament and then got all my money back this morning. So that was another oh, nice, nice, another nice. nice boost or bonus on top. Yeah. So I was happy about that. I had like 100 lineups in it. So I was like 1500 oh, more yeah. dollars kickback. So Oh, fuck. That's crazy, that, man. That, what the fuck was FanDuel thinking? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm sure, they, I'm, sure, I'm sure they have insurance on that. Like they, uh, yeah. they insure it so if it happens. I've done it before with like a, a golf tournament as being in the, car, in the auto biz, business where you got to, you know, sponsor a hole in one. And if someone gets it, okay. they win an Escalade or something. You pay like six, seven hundred bucks insurance for okay. for a sixty thousand dollar Escalade. Now, if you got a yeah. a million dollars in this tournament, I don't know what their insurance cost was, but at least they had something. But they used it as a good play for their brand and for marketing and all the money they paid out. But yeah, I, I also cool heard bonus. that. I also heard. Oh, go ahead. I also heard that DraftKings at one point in time on the back nine put Tiger at fifteen to one just to get people to wow. bet. Uh, yeah, and so I I know they had to lose. I saw I saw they posted sportsbook. their sportsbook today said two point five. I'm not I mean I'm not sure if they'll give the real numbers out, but at the end of the day they wanted to keep up with FanDuel said they lost over three with everything because they paid yeah. out the million dollars they paid out they paid back the million dollars and then they also lost over a million in their sportsbook on them. Um, how yeah. about that guy that put eighty five grand on fourteen to one? Did you see that story? I heard that, and that's and the way he was talking about it, it feels like it was the dumbest moves ever that just luck boxed. Yeah, out. he said the like story the is. Yeah. He said he was like dead broke like four months ago. So how right? you get eighty five? What the grand? fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Put eighty five thousand dollars on Tiger Woods when you're dead broke four months ago? That shit does not seem like a good story, really. <laughs> I mean, make no sense. Hey, do not. Hey guys, do not do what this motherfucker did. Okay, don't, 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 don't take a second mortgage on your house and put a bet on Tiger at nine to one at fucking um, Bethpage Black. Don't do I, it. I was gonna guys. say, but you told me he's winning Bethpage, Kenny. So I'm doing it, man. Eight to I, one or whatever he is now. Nine to one. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. This guy just seemed like he was a fucking idiot and got lucky. Yeah. Is what it seems like to me. A fucking dumbass who got lucky and now is getting pub about it because that shit just sounded stupid as shit right there to me. Uh, but let's move on. We're we're half an hour in. We haven't even got to to, to the RBC Best is, masters of all time. About. That's what that means. It yeah. is. Yeah, we had to talk yeah. about it. So let's move on. Let's go to the RBC Heritage. So after one of the most exciting Masters tournaments in recent memory. 
The PGA Tour shifts a few hundred miles northeast as golfers head to Harbortown Golf Links for the RBC Heritage from Hilton Head, South Carolina. This tournament, of course, is definitely a complete 180 from what we saw last week. This Pete Dye design track has more of a classic old school feel as strategy and placement are much more important than power and length. One similar aspect of this tournament to the Masters is that course history seems to get a bump in importance. You continually see the same names on the leaderboard year in and year out. And the reason for that is because these golfers know the ins and outs of this tricky target golf layout. You don't see too many courses like this anymore on tour. So it would make sense that finding the correct strategy here would take some time to figure out. Now, I'm not saying first-timers can't win, as the skill level of a lot of these first-timers are incredible. Uh, but odds are probably against them. Um, if you're looking at the Pete Dye correlation this week, the other Dye courses that are played every year on tour are TPC Sawgrass the, for the players, TPC River Highlands for the Travelers, TPC Louisiana for the Zurich Classic, PGA West Stadium course uh, at the Career Builder, and Austin Country Club for the WGC Match Play. There's also some chatter that the Copperhead course at Innisbrook um, for the Valspar Tournament may have ha- have some correlation to Harbortown as well. Now, I wouldn't worry too much about a Masters hangover. There's only seven winners here since 1983 did not play the Masters the week before. I also wouldn't worry if golfers you're looking at performed poorly last week as, as like something like four of the last five winners, I think four of the last six winners here didn't even make the cut at the Masters prior to their win or didn't even play. A good form excluding the Masters and a propensity for high finishes has become a common thread for winners of the RBC Heritage. Since 2009, every winner at Harbortown, except for Kadira last year, had at least one top seven during the season prior to their victory. Six of the last ten winners actually had two top fives leading up to their victory here. Uh, Weather and wind play an important part in the seaside course. And as of now, the forecast looks pretty breezy, especially on the weekend. Um... You know, Thursday looks okay, actually. But out of that, it's going to be pretty breezy. And Friday has the possibility of being a washout with heavy storms in the forecast. Now, with wind and bad weather, this course is usually in the top 10 most difficult courses on tour. But without wind and weather, uh, this course plays much easier. Now, as as with any week, check the forecast closer to lock to make sure you know what the latest weather conditions are. Now, let's get to the course. Harbortown is a 7,100, around 7,100 yard Par 71 with four par threes and three par fives, two of which are reachable by most pros. Off the tee, golfers have to deal with tight tree-lined fairways with thick trees, bunkers, and water being a problem for golfers who miss wildly off the tee. This course is the definition of target golf. If golfers hit it on the wrong side of the fairway, they might have a blocked second shot because of all the overhanging trees that surround the fairway. On the other hand, if they miss the fairway but hit on the correct side and not in the woods, they'll have an easier approach shot than golfers who hit it on the fairway but on the wrong side. The fairways are tight, but over 66% of fairways are hit during this tournament's pass, which is above average, meaning most golfers will be hitting less than driver to place their balls in the right location. A lot of the fairways get extremely narrow around the 300-yard range, like under 20 yards width. Uh, around the 300-yard range, thus preventing golfers from breaking out the big stick. Now, because of this, the average driving distance here is the shortest on tour at 265 yards. The rough is not too thick, but it will make approach shots much tougher to the small greens. Now, on approach shots, golfers will see some of the smallest greens on tour with only slight undulation. We're not going to see 12-foot breaking putts like we saw uh, last week, like Kepka's putt on 16 uh, where it didn't go down the hill, uh, and he had to hit it like behind him. <laughs> to get it to the hole. 
They will be playing slow with a stint meter rating around 11, 11.5. And the grass on the greens is Tiff Eagle Bermuda. Golfers will need to be accurate with their approaches, not only because of the small size of the greens, but also because of the obstacles around the green. There are bunkers on almost every hole, and water will be a factor around a few greens as well. Another bit of trouble the golfers will face around the greens are overhanging trees. A couple of holes actually have trees right in front of the green on both sides, making it almost look like a field goal post. So on these holes, if a golfer misses a little left or a little right, the trees will knock the ball down and leave tough chip, tough chip shots onto the small greens. Only 57% of the greens are hit at Harbortown, and even with light winds, these greens will still be missed. Tambo, what are you looking for this week in golf? Man, whoever the luckiest guy is. Like you said, it's insane the amount of stuff that happens here. They can hit the right shot and then, you know, in just the wrong spot. It's in front of a tree. So uh, a lot of factors. That's how Wesley Bryan and the Kadiras of the world win this thing. And Luke Donald comes second all the time. But big time looking at uh, strokes gained approach. The greens are small, like you said. So I'm still going to look for the strokes gained around the green. Uh, and then actually going to factor in putting a little bit more than normal just because when it when you have the smallest greens like this and they miss the green, you know, they can only either chip it in or chip it tight. So they still got to be able to make those five footers, right? They got to be able to stand over it and you got to trust that they can put that down. So uh, some, some of the guys we'll talk about, I'm not so confident in, but maybe this is where they figure it out. Uh, and then other than that, just the norm, you know, I should mention here. Uh, with birdies are better and stuff, I was going to say. But what I should mention quickly is a lot depends on the weather, right? Friday is supposed to be something like a, a possible rain out, thunderstorm, who knows. So tea times will come into play if that's the case in my eyes. Um, also, you know, if you get that, it can be a little bit of a change for strategy because, you know, the score here, I think the they've had winners of, you know, minus nine <laughs> up to minus 18 and and that's within certain years and then minus 13 one year minus nine a different year so it, it does fluctuate quite a bit being a coastal course like this that's another factor i'm going to bring in uh, and a lot more of that will will be talked about throughout the week uh one thing i will say about this course before we get into everything and in the, in the players and the picks um for gambling purposes if you look at the winners here the last 10 years i think only two had the lead going into the final round. A lot of golfers have been like three, four, five. There's been multiple instances where golfers are like six strokes back uh, on Sunday in the last 10 years and came back to win. And with the weather supposedly being 35 mile per hour gusts on Sunday possible, um, that's something to think about when you live bet. Uh, when you after Saturday's round, when you after the third round, when you live bet, you, you're gonna have to think about it. There's gonna be some guys who move up from that are five, four, five, six strokes back that might have a chance. So this is the week where you can get a big live bet in on Sunday. So keep an eye on that for you degenerate gamblers, which I'm sure most of you are if you're listening to the show. Um, so you keep an eye on that on Sunday. A lot of comeback winners here. A lot of comeback winners by a shit ton of strokes. Yeah, and then the, so, the so stat, he, the stat, Kenny's two in the two since 2010, none in the last six years after 54 yeah. holes. Yeah, I think Adairo was six back last year or something like that. And I think Wesley Bryan was like four back or something like that going in. So it, that's definitely something to keep an eye on this week if you're live betting. All right, let's move on and let's get this show started. Let's start off. Uh, with our high-end picks this week, uh, 10000 and up. We got Dustin Johnson all the way down to Matt Kuchar. Who you got this week there? 
tough range. Um, I should mention that too. This is like the worst. It's got so we've got guys coming off the Masters. We've got the DFS darlings all throughout. We've got people that need to get ready for certain events coming up or, or get ready for the major that's coming up in a short switch because of the schedule. So lots of guys. I'm interested to hear what you're doing with DJ. My take on DJ is that he well he did just show up and basically barely do anything. I, I do. Ah, it's such a stupid narrative, though. I hate it because I, I do worry the family thing, right? Like it's his family's in town. He, he makes this like a little vacation. But then again, the major is coming up. So you might want to just stay hot. He might want to just dominate this field. He only played here once, which was last year. And he, or sorry, he only played here uh, re- recently. It was last year and was 16th or something. So for me, that's going to be a little bit uh, worrisome. So I, I don't know. The other, you know, Molinari just coming off that Sunday. I kind of like Xander. Um, you know, Xander's one that I'm thinking about up top here at a bit between those three, the ones that I really like are DeChambeau. Uh, he's got the history here. I don't care if he's popular. He's 10, four versus DJ's 11, six. I hope people are off him because the masters and he fell back a little bit. This is the type of thinking course that I like him on, right? Uh, you know, something like the masters or WGC Mexico and those ones where, you know, I liked him, but then I thought maybe that stuff could get into his head. Here, it's a little bit different. It's still pretty straightforward. You definitely have to think and make the shot. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families. But more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Which I believe he can. And then you just go from there. He's a good putter. Lines up as far as that's concerned. Came here, came third here last year. Missed the cut the year before. And the year before that, he was fourth. Uh, the other one is Kucher. The worry I have with Kucher is has he played too much? But I mean, 14 out of 15 made cuts here. Former winner. On fire, still came 12th at the Masters, still looks good. I don't know if he's going to stop, but the worry is if he you know, decides to slow down at some point uh, to get ready and get rested up for the next one. So DeChambeau is my favorite. X is my favorite GPP play. All right, so I'm playing Dustin Johnson. Uh, I don't really see any reason not to. The guy's the best in the field. He came in second last week. All his numbers seem to correlate with success on this course. Um, you know, so I'm playing DJ. I don't think there's that much to go about with that. You know, his one weakness here recently has been his accuracy off the tee, but you know, he's probably going to be playing two iron, three iron hybrids off the tee. So he should be a little bit more accurate and that should be fine and still be longer than everyone else with those clubs. So I'm going to play DJ. Uh, Kucher is my first cash game cornerstone. Uh, the guy just plays well here. Uh, he's having an unbelievable season. I don't think there's any reason to get off of him. The game is so strong right now uh, he's been very good i guess the two proximity ranges uh at this course that are most important are proximity from 150 to 175 yards and 175 to 200 yards i think close to 50 percent of all um 
of all approach shots are from that. And he's pretty good at both of those. Uh, he's first in greens and regulation gained here in the last 12 rounds. Uh, I, I got to play Kuchar. He's my first cash game cornerstone. Now the other three guys, I don't know if I want to play him. Uh, I, I might do it. If I see somebody on, with low ownership, so make sure you check out FanshareSports.com. Use promo code DGEN20. You're getting a 20% discount now. We changed it. DGEN20. It's all caps. Go ahead and uh, get on that now if you haven't already. If you already have, I apologize that you only got a 10% hookup. Now, for the guys who haven't got on, uh, you know we're doing a 20% off their subscription. Um, so get on that on FanshareSports.com. It has the ownership place. It has the form guy that everyone loves, the trends, everything you need to know. So make sure you go check that out. And I, I think I'm going to – I might play one of these three guys, Molinari, Xander, and Bryson, if I see that their ownership is going to be really, really low. The thing about Molinari, he's missed his last three cuts at Pete Dye events. Uh, now, he did well at the Players' Cup like a couple years ago, but last three times he played Pete Dye courses, he missed a cut. Xander hasn't been that great on Pete Dye courses here recently as well, even though uh, he has played them well in the past in his recent form. I think he's missed the last two cuts, or he hasn't. He missed one cut and hasn't finished well um, at Pete Dye courses here recently. Bryson, he's just his approach game has just been awful. Um, I know he had a little bit better week last week, but, I mean, this is a second-shot course, you know, and his iron game, his ranking, he's 105th in this field, in strokes gain approach in the last 12 rounds. Um, that's bad. And so I don't even know if I'm going to be on him. So what I think my strategy is going to be is I'll play Dustin Johnson, probably going to be my highest own, probably going to be about 45% owned for me. Kuchar and Cash, and you guys know if you've been listening long enough, um, I don't play over, I don't overplay my cash plays in GPPs. I think the 9K range is where I'm going to get started on a lot of lineups this week. And the first guy, I'll talk about is Patrick Cantley. What he showed uh, last week, uh, you know, the guy's just on form, great golfer, uh, really good birdie or better gain. He's good from the proximity ranges. I'm looking for really good strokes gain par four. Um, I, I'm going to go with Cantley uh, as one of my favorite plays up here. I also do like, uh, I think Fleetwood is is, is going to be a sneaky play. As bad as he played last week, like I said earlier in the course rundown, uh, play bad play at the Masters really hasn't been too big of a factor for the guys up top uh, who finished highly at the RBC Heritage. And I think Fleetwood, what, Fleetwood was still nails to the green um, last week. You know, above average on fairways gained, above average on greens and regulation. It's just he forgot how to putt on the weekend. And, you know, get that putter back. These aren't these crazy undulating 800 stip meter super lightning fast greens that you see at Augusta. These are going to be slower, flatter, um, easier to roll on. And so uh, that's why I like Tommy uh, to be to get back up. But I'm going to be playing Cantlay. I'm going to be playing Tommy. I'm going to be playing Jim Furyk here, whose approach game and his game has been so much better. I think the, the Ryder Cup captain thing really screwed his game last year and now that that's out of the way he's getting back to being you know all about his game practicing and you can see it with his performances here this season so i like Furyk. um kisner is another guy that i will be rostering a bunch of so this 9k range is is i'm going to be playing a lot of lineups maybe with three guys in this 9k range starting off and i think that's how i'm going to do build my lineups this week I like 45 percent dj and then like 10 to 15% Kucher, and then the other 40%, I'm starting with these 9K guys. What about you here? 
Yeah, and that's why, you know, it might have sounded a little wishy-washy at the top, but that's sort of my take, right? This range is so good. I don't know where the, some of these prices come from. I'll go into that in a second. But, you know, you, there's definitely merit to DJ who loses some of his ceiling without the, the big stick here where it's not that's really true. A, that's true. a driver course. You, you got Molinari who, like you said, that Pete Dice nugget, that's a good little stat. I didn't have that one, but I don't even have him marked at all on my chart because I'm just – it's not because he failed on Sunday. He The guy was nails till that till hole 12. It's because I, you know, I get shell-shocked when I see an $11,300 price tag on him. And then X, like I said, I like him offsetting and then those other two. But look at the 9K range. You got Cantlay. You just made the case. You got Furyk, 15 out of 19 cuts, two wins, crushing great form, stats, you name it. It's a course that's up his alley. He loves it here. Uh, he's fine. You didn't mention Webb. Webb's incredible. Uh, yeah, I you like know, Webb too. I'm going to play all these dudes, man. It's crazy. I'm going to play it, all it's, these 9K It's games. nuts. Fleetwood is my first T3PO of the week over Kisner. The one guy, I'm, you know, I'm not going to chase the narrative of how good he's been playing, the South Carolina native, whatever you want to give me for narratives on Kisner. He's still, and here, yes, he's got a seventh and 11th the last couple of years, a second previous a couple of years before that. 9,100, there's other guys. Siwoo literally won last year. Fleetwood can win, in my opinion, before Kisner can. So Fleetwood over Kisner is easy for me. He's one of the ones I think is crazy priced at 9,200. I think uh, so too. Um, the other one is uh, is Spieth. Hear me out. Uh, only because it, he can ditch the driver if he wants, right? So, you know, his game has all been, always been about off the tee is terrible, that doesn't really correlate necessarily with here, whereas you don't need to use the driver here. A lot of guys, like we saw Luke List last year, what DJ, you said, is going to do, and he's going to be fine with it. I'm not saying speed compares to DJ, but I'm saying the ability to ditch the driver might actually help him. And his short game wasn't that terrible the last few out, if you really go back and dig into the stats. He's, he's got the ability around the greens. If the putter can get going, again, you saw it on Sunday, put together a little something at the Masters for momentum, but not enough. Scary, but I think a good GPP play at ninety five hundred. Here's the thing: I, I only read a couple of articles before I do the podcast because I'm trying to make most of my opinions my own. Uh, but I do read Ben Coley's article every week before the pod. I do read Steve Bamford's article, and they're both punters. Uh, they're both handicappers. They both uh, put out their bets uh, Monday morning. Go go follow both of those guys. That's at Bamford Golf at Ben Coley. I think uh, you know. Make sure you check the guys out, and both of them are betting. Jordan Spieth. So, I mean, if those two guys were sharp as hell, uh, it made me definitely think about it. I'm still not 100% sold. Yeah, but, I don't know uh, about betting him because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like you. I'm saying I can start with three guys up here. So, yes, maybe he could win. Sure, I'm not placing any bets at 20 to 1 on Spieth right now. But Cantlay, I'd place my money on before him to, to win a bet. But I'm saying if you wanted to start like a, a Cantlay, Spieth, Fleetwood, and there's a ton of value in my opinion, we'll talk about it later, I'm okay with the, all of them having a little bit of upside. I'm just looking at this is now a spot where I think ownership-wise, we talk, we used to talk about it, and like you said, it's a week-to-week thing with DFS, especially uh, in golf where you got to let that mindset just slip away. And at the end of the day, if he's going to be 5% owned here, I like this spot where he can just ditch the driver a little bit, and then that could give me a reason to see that he could have the upside here. Yeah, I think he's at like a 7th and 11th here. I think he's had decent form here before. I might have to play him with those two guys on him, and you on him. Um, I might actually, have yeah, to do that it. that too. I got the form guide here. Like you said, I forgot about that. He, he's actually three for three made cuts here with uh, three top twenty five. So the other one must not be that good because it, it was do do not play for the last three years. I've only got the last five in front of me, and he came eleventh and twelfth the years before that. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, so, different different form altogether. I'm just saying GPP only. Uh, again, it's whatever. Just play them or don't. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I might have to play them because you three are on them, and you you know you three are the sharpest guys. Some of the three sharpest guys I know, so I might have to do it. All right, so let's move to this 8K range. My final three cash game cornerstones are all in this range. So what I'm doing um, cash-wise this week is I'm going to be rostering three of these 8K guys, Kucher, and then I'm going to not go below 7,400. Uh, once you get below that range, it's it's sort of a mess uh, for consistency, and that's what you like in cash, especially in an event like this. So my three my three cash game cornerstones in this 8K range, my first one's going to be um, Ian Poulter at $8,600. Really good form, really, really, really good course history. He's played well here every time he plays here. Now, one key factor about Poulter that I really do like is um, the winners here have been extremely good from 10 to 15 feet uh, putting-wise. And uh, it, it's been a difficult range at this course uh, over the years, putting from 10 to 15 feet. Poulter is number one in his last 12 rounds. Uh, so that's one thing that I uh, really like about Poulter, his form, really good around the green. You're going to miss these greens. There's really no way that you can avoid that. So, um, I mean, uh, definitely Poulter, second cash game cornerstone. Cash game cornerstone number three, Benny on. At $8,200, approach game is tight. First in strokes gained tee to green here in the last 12 rounds. He's been really exceptional around the greens here lately. Like, he's top 10 in strokes gained around the green here in the last 12, hitting a ton of greens. Um, I think he had like a, a 17th, or he, he did pretty well here last year as well in his only appearance. So I like Benny on. And my final cash game cornerstone pick is going to be Ryan Moore, at $8,100. Uh, you know, he was one of the leaders in fairways hit and greens in regulation in his last event. Um, he's seventh in strokes gained approach the last uh, 12 rounds. Been really good hitting a ton of greens. Again, another guy great around the greens here recently. Good from both proximity ranges that I'm looking for. So my four cash game cornerstone picks for this week are going to be Matt Kuchar, Ian Poulter, Benny on and Ryan Moore. That leaves you 50, over $15,000 to finish out the rest of your lineup. So you don't have to go below 7400 7500 or something like that for the rest of your lineup, even though you got four guys above 8K. So those are the, those are the cash plays I like. Uh, up here, one guy that tempts me that I think will get overlooked because of who he's surrounded with is Billy Horschel at $8,900. Good for him here. Hasn't been playing his best, but I'm thinking single-digit ownership, possibly, for a guy who has played well here in the past, um, surrounded by Kokrak, who I think this is the week where he fails. I just don't feel it on this course for Jason Kokrak, but I've been wrong about that here recently as well because he's been playing so well. But Kokrak's going to be a fade for me. So I'm playing, and I think Charles Howard III, who hasn't had the best form here, uh, he's a fade for me as well. So I like Billy Horschel up on the top of this range. And, of course, I'm going to be playing my boy Sung J.M., uh, another guy, $8,400, really good uh, recently at proximity from 150 to 175 yards, hitting a shit ton of greens, making a ton of birdies, really good recently from 10 to 15 feet putting-wise. So I like him as well. Who you got in this range, my friend? Yeah, you, you forgot to talk about that, but it's Korean week, man. It is. Yeah, and uh, M, see Wu, you got uh, KH Lee just hopped in the field as the last alternate, I believe, today. So he'll jump into the field that's not priced yet. He'll probably show hey, up. Hey, I'll tell you right now, 
A Korean has finished inside the top 11 at Harbor Town in seven of the last eight years. Yeah. Yeah, so this, this is a good week, man. I'm going to make my Korean lineups in, in the name of my brother here, Kenny Kim. But there you go. this range is solid too, man. Like there's some good plays in here. So uh, let me start. The one you took from me that I liked is Horschel. I like Horschel a lot. It was going to be one of my T3PO's. I'll go to the next one in a minute, and it's more of a pivot than a, a chalk pivot, but I'll go to the, I'll explain that in a second. But Horschel I like because back on Bermuda as well, right? He actually got a fifth here last year. He showed up on some of the other courses that you talked about earlier that were correlating courses. He's done well at the Players, which is a Pete Dye course, Sawgrass you talked about. So I, I like him, and I think he'll go overlooked at 8,900. Um, Kokrak is going to be scary for me, but, man, he used to have the history here. Like that's I always remembered him as the course history guy, and then obviously his form lately. But I'm so worried about it this week that I'm going to be extremely underweight on Kokrak. I might have to put him in a few if he fits, but I'm going to try and get to the Horschel, um, around, get to Horschel around him. And then my second T3BO is the same as your cash game cornerstone. And what I mean by it's a pivot and not you know necessarily a chalk move to get off this guy. Just making sure you don't make this mistake. But I'm not big on Fitzpatrick this week, so I mean you can do whatever you want with your lineups, but. You know, it's been tweeted out by a few people. This has been known as his favorite course to play at. He's got pretty good recent form. He looked really good at the Masters. He just kept going and going, but he was making everything. Now, it's good that – here's the thing about Fitzpatrick is his his proximity was solid. You know, he was getting it in there, and then he was making the putts, but he actually is a pretty good putter. So if he can – and he is good around the green. So I can see him being – uh, one that you could play a little bit in GPPs, but I like Poulter so much more that it's just one of those spots where I'm saying I'll, I'll, I'll take a hard stand with Poulter. Uh, Poulter's, Poulter's one of my favorite plays. One of my favorite yeah, plays. Yeah, I think, I think, I think he's underpriced, 8,600. Uh, he went silently uh, under the radar a little bit on Saturday. Remember with uh, Tiger? He was out yeah. and he played fine. He had like five or six birdies and it just wasn't yeah. talked about because obviously Tiger was doing his thing. So is what it is. I don't think he'll go low owned here, but I always like Poulter. He's my boy and I like him at this price, 8,600. He's another one like Fleetwood that I mentioned that I think just doesn't, he's not priced for what he is. Like Sung Im, I love. Uh, I think Sung Im's a great play, but 80, and 8,400 might even be too cheap. We, I think wasn't he 10-4 a few weeks ago? Like this guy in certain different field for sure. But my point is, is that, you know, it's how is he the same price as Ian Poulter, basically? I don't understand yeah. that. So that well, to me is like just stands out like a sore thumb. The, go ahead. The most, uh, go ahead. the most egregious price in this 8K range, Mark Leishman is getting disrespected like shit. Yeah, this I'm, is dis- I'm, I'm this, with you. Go ahead. This is disrespectful type shit for, for Mark Leishman. If he if he knew what was going on, if someone tweet him and let him know, and maybe he could pull a Kepka, you know, and be like, that's so disrespectful, dude. 8,000. Yeah. He's below Ryan Moore, who I love. He's below Benny on who I love. He's below Brandon Grace, who's been playing like straight asshole for the last, for this season. Um, get behind Matthew Fitzpatrick. Leishman's a proven winner. Uh, I know he hasn't played that great here recently. He's not the best at this course, but this is Mark Leishman. This is, uh, the 8,000 is just disrespectful. I'm going to play him. Yeah, I was going to say, so a couple GPP plays in this range. I like the ands, the moors that you talked about, but I'll play a little bit of grace just based on course history and turn it around. He's obviously won here before. Um, it, it's a good course for him. It just depends on which Brandon Grace we get. But again, GPP only, 8,300. Like to me, that seems a little bit too cheap. Vegas odds are lower than guys like Howell, um, Horschel, those guys. So so to me, it's a it's a value. Leishman's the same way. I, I, I have hate no idea Leishman this week. I hate Grace this week, man. 
Like, literally, I hate Grace. I will not roster him at all. Look at these numbers here. Last 12 rounds, 95th in strokes gained approach in this field. 105th in strokes gained putting in this field. 99th in opportunities gained. 105th in strokes gained around the green. 112th in strokes gained par four. Uh, yeah. I, I can't do it. I can't as much do as it. as much as you hate Grace, I hate your stats from last twelve. <laughs> your your range. I, I I don't care about the last twelve. If you look long term, and I'm more of a long term guy, and I don't know, you know why that is. To me, like I said, I've talked about it a few times. I guess it's because I want to see when I know this course is what it is. It's been here. I think they said since 1969. People know what you need to do at this course. I want someone who does this on the on the whole year. What do they normally do? Because recent form definitely matters. I agree with you. Yeah, but, but last his, 12 his for year me is form, too his, small. His year too form small. sucks balls too, man. 55th in strokes gained approach in the last 50 rounds. Uh, 98th in strokes gained par 4. 102nd in fairways gained. 99th in proximity to 150 to 175 yards. Even if you go long term, this guy's just been sucking ass. I, if he goes and just turns it around one week, okay, good for him. But there's no way I'm rostering him. I mean, I think he just came ninth, didn't he? Like, like Grace? didn't he just play? A, didn't he just play a tournament overseas where he he came ninth or something I like have that? No, I, I could have missed that. You're right. I could have missed that. But just looking at his form, 58th at the Masters, miscut of Valspar, 72nd at the Players, 33rd at WGC, miscut at Genesis. Now he did well uh, in uh, Phoenix. That's where he performed this year. But that's his only top ten. On the PGA Tour since the Byron Nelson last year, almost 12 months ago. Okay, I'll have to look that up and see what it was because I thought I saw him somewhere. Maybe, like I said, it was overseas it or something been. that he I might have missed it. That he played well, but but this guy, like I said again, it's it's still Brandon Grace. I think he can still golf. I like him. Uh, he's literally won here, but he's got an, in the last. He didn't play last year. Before that, he was 11th, first, and seventh. So if I'm going to play Spieth in some GPPs who hasn't played here in four years or whatever it is, and then had some good results, I'm going to play some grace. The other guy I like is Harding. Uh, you know, he's probably going to pick up a little bit of steam, and I, if he gets too popular, I might phase off him a little bit. But, man, he scored a lot, and he had great game at the Masters. He actually earned himself a spot in the top 12 so that he'll get to the next year's Masters um, free and clear. Yeah. So that's good for him, and he's been on fire. He's had wins overseas. Multiple, 12, multiple 17. wins. He's had like three wins in the last 12 months. Something crazy oh, like yeah. that. The guy's a winner. Yep. He, I mean, he, he's a guy and he can do, you know, his stats show up. He scores. He, he does what we need at 7,900. So uh, dipping into the next range, but that's where I'll start. Yeah. So go on. Keep going. 7K. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was interested to hear your takes first. Uh, I'll go first. Glover I'll, is I'll my... go first. You want me to go first? No, no, no. That's uh, good. Uh, I, I was going to see what you're going to do with Glover. I like oh, Glover here him. still. I'm playing he, him. I'm playing him. Of course, I'm playing golf. Yeah, he, he's to me like the mini coke rack, but for much cheaper. He's a thousand bucks cheaper, and he's got similar recent form. Uh, you know, this type of course, again, I like for him, someone who, who again, can be a great on approach. Always got to be worried a little bit. This is one of the guys I mentioned, like Ann, you talked about earlier with the putting, but does it show up at some point? It can. We know it can, and we've seen it with other guys. I like Glover. Um, Knox, I love. Knox at 7,700, probably one of my favorite plays, even if he is picking up steam. He's got course history here. He's got form. He's too cheap. Uh, he's another guy in the Vegas odds where list is 80 to 1. He's 55 to 1 and they're the same price. Yeah. So if if people want to play, you know, list off his third place last year, list has family here. His wife's family's here. Uh, you know, he said something in an interview. I saw one of Josh Culp's articles or something and it said, 
you know, List was talking to the media about, you know, it was kind of good. We were sort of down here just to have a visit and play a golf tournament, but it turned out I started playing good. So then it turned out to be like a great weekend because of that. It's almost like he wanted to have a vacation, but he ended up playing good. So he was like, oh shit, I got to play golf. So it's funny how that works, but you know, he's going to be a stat God always that shows up. I'm not going to be heavy on him when I got Knox right here and my boy answer right underneath the next guy to talk about first timer at this event. But I love answer. I think this is the type of course that suits him. I think again, 7,600 too cheap. And then the other guy, there's so many here, but two more guys I'll give one that I really like. Uh, Well, I like RCB. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. I, I think he's another one. It's too cheap. I, I think the price is a little bit disrespectful for a guy that's solid here. Same with Zach Johnson. Uh, and then my my little GPP, I'll cut it off because that's a halfway point, 7,500. McDowell, still looking for that. He's in great form, a seventh and a win the week before. Decent history here. A winner here before. Makes cuts here, seven and nine. And still needs to get some shit going so he can get to Port Rush. So uh, I, I like yeah. McDowell for GPPs yeah. as well. I'm with you. We're very similar in this range. I like Harding a lot. I'm only playing Glover a bunch. Uh, I do, Russell Knox is one of my favorite plays in this range. Coastal course. I mean, he's that guy who plays well on these short type tracks. Uh, and it's shown here with his um, course form here at RBC Heritage. Uh, so I do love Knox. I'll play my boy Answer. Uh, I'm going to be playing GMAC as well. That's the co- coastal guy I meant, uh, not Knox. So Grant GMAC, guy on coastal courses. That's sort of his shit. Um, he's been having really, really good form. I think he's coming off a first and a seventh back-to-back, 7,500. You can't go wrong with GMAC. Um, I'm up there with you on that. Uh, I'll play a little bit of Sneds. Uh, I know that he's he hasn't. The, the worry I have with Snedeker is his short game and putting has is all, is always been great, but his ball striking hasn't been very, 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 very good here recently, and it worries me a little bit about him. But he has that form, of course, form here. He's a former winner here. Uh, I think he'll be low, lower owned than he should be. Uh, so I'll play a little bit of Brant Snedeker as well. Moving down to this bottom range a little bit. If, I'm, if you're looking for a cut maker, I think Emiliano Grillo is, is a play at $7,400. I think he'll make the cut. We'll see how good he does. He, I think he finished uh, top 20 here last year. So he has a little bit of form. He's really good from um, from the proximity ranges that I'm looking at. In the last 50 rounds, uh, he's 16th in proximity from 150 to 175 yards in this field and 10th in proximity from 175 to 200 yards in this field. So I like uh, Grillo a little bit. We're playing on Bermuda, so Killer Keith, right? We got to play Bermuda, Killer Keith on Bermuda. So I'll be playing him a little bit. I think one guy who will get overlooked because he missed the cut and he burned a lot of people, he burned me because I had a lot of them last week. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I sucked ass in GPPs is Matt Wallace. I think talent-wise, the way his game is, uh, I, I like him as a golfer i'll be using him at that cheap of a price at seventy three hundred dollars and there was one oh, adam shank uh also at seventy one hundred um i really like him this week he's been really really good um really good at uh Putting inside from 10 to 15 feet. He's top 10 in this field in the last 12 rounds. He's been good with his mid to long irons. He's been having a lot of opportunities. He's fourth in opportunities gained. Iron game is strong. So I like Adam Shank down here in the lower 7K range. Who do you like in this lower range? Did Grace get out of the match play? Is that what it was? That might have been it. I don't remember. I think Grace got out of his round at the the match play and then moved up a little bit and then he was done. So that's what it was anyway that I was thinking back to. Anyway, like Grillo, 
that you talked about. If he can just putt for one damn week, I'm going to keep chasing. One him. week, please. Give me one week, Grillo. Give me one week. But you know what? Like you mentioned earlier, he might be a guy that I fit in as like my fifth guy in in some lineups, even sixth in some if I do a little bit of a, a more balanced build. So then I'm not as worried about it because then I don't need as much of the upside. Like you saw even in lineups this week, uh, took down the listener league. You know, you can get a guy with 55 points and still put up 538. That's different scoring, different everything. I'm just saying as far as, you know, fitting your lineups, you got to think of construction that way. Uh, one thing is, I don't know if you recall, but I, I think he'll go overlooked. He doesn't have great form recently. But remember last year, $8,100 Adam Hadwin going to be like the chalk of the century. And then he withdrew right before that okay. that was this tournament and, and everyone. And I was just looking back at some stuff and it reminded me he, he really does set up well. He can putt, he can do this thing, but again, just doesn't have the form the last few events. So long-term last year, you know, it's different scenario, but kind of like him for GPPs at 7,400, um, Damn, I like a lot of people this week. It's stupid. I'm going to have to really pin this down. But I'm trying just to name the ones I like the most and that I have sort of narratives or stats or thoughts on. The, the next guy I like is Ollie. Um, again, nothing crazy. Made the he, he got a third here two years ago. It's not because of that recent form or anything. The thing I like on him is, remember, now he's got ZJ's caddy on his bag. And ZJ actually has a solid history here of making cuts uh, and having a little That's bit a of upside. Narrative. That's a good and, narrative. And, uh, Ollie's got, you know, a little bit of form showing lately. He's got a 36, the missed cut, and a 16th. His stats are okay, you know, sort of whole hum. But like I said, two- at the players, right? His 16th yeah, that's is the that. other thing. We die, right? Yeah. I, I really wasn't on him, but you could talk me into him. Yeah, G- GPPs only, but I do like him. And then my third and final T3BO, and I'll, I'll recap him, but you said it, kill a Keith Mitchell, and it's going to be over the dude that, you know, it's the polarizing decision of the week. What do you do with Luke Donald? The Nothing. course history master, but I, I'm not on him. So uh, it'll be Keith Mitchell over him, back on Bermuda, too cheap, can score, has the all-around game. People are starting to see that and realize it. Might get a little bit of ownership anyway, but at 7,300, the upside is immense. So I like him. Uh, other than that, Pepperell was a GPP play just because sort of the conditions, the style, the it reminds me a little bit of like the what, what he would play with over in, in the Euro tournaments. Makes cuts. Uh, he's another guy that popped at the players. So just keep that in mind. So so he was the other guy there as sort of the flashier uh, GPP style play. There's some more safe plays than a guy like Streelman. Shank you mentioned for GPPs. And then it goes down just to uh, one other guy, Ryan Palmer. Uh, another guy that I like that, you know, if it gets windy or anything like that, he can pop a little bit. Hasn't been fantastic here, but it's just cheap. It's 7,000. I might throw him in a few lineups. All right. So in the 6K range. Uh, I guess one of my favorite plays up top is going to be Andrew Landry. Um, he's been playing. Yeah, he's been playing okay. It hasn't been great, uh, but he has. He, he's been really good in the proximity ranges, and he's a very accurate driver of the golf ball. Uh, he's second in fairways gain here in the last twelve rounds. He's top twelve in both the proximity stats that I'm looking for at sixty nine hundred dollars. I think you can do worse than Andrew Landry. Um, at this range. I also like a little bit going down a little bit more. Uh, Brian Gay, former winner. If his putter gets hot, uh, he can do very, very well. He actually hits another guy who hits a shit ton of fairways. 
uh, in this range. So it's all about, you know, it's, if, he, if he keeps hitting those fairways, gets it up and down, I think he has a shot, former winner. I think he won in 2009. Brian Stewart has been playing extremely well here recently, bring, has pretty good form, putting well and approaching well. Uh, top 15 in strokes gained approach here recently in the last 15, hitting a ton of greens. Again, another guy who's a good putter inside 10 to 15 feet, from 10 to 15 feet, at least here recently. So I like Brian Stewart. Uh, Roy Sabatini, a guy, I think he's made something like five or six cuts in a row or something like that. I mean, he's been doing pretty damn well. And at his price, I mean, I think, what is he, like 6500 6400 It seems a little cheap for a guy that has been on a pretty good run here lately, uh, playing good golf, really good around the greens. Uh, T to green has been solid uh, here recently. So Rory Sabatini at 6400 And I got to play uh, Harold Varner III and Davis Love the third, both the thirds here down um, in this lower price range. DL three just has the um, Davis Love. It's playing right. Why, why am I not seeing him in my list? He is, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's okay. sixty one hundred. So, he's cheap. Oh, he's all the way down there. That's why I'm not seeing him. So the DL three, this guy, it's his course. You've seen him pop here, even though he's getting a little bit long in the tooth. Uh, you've seen him pop here recently. Uh, do, he does pretty well. This is his course. Another guy, uh, course horse, and Harold Varner the third is sixty three hundred. He's too cheap. Um, I'll, I'll roster him because at some point in time he's going to win an event, and maybe it could be this week. Yeah, you gotta you gotta build that lineup. The the Chucky three sticks, the Davis love the three sticks, yeah, and the right, Harold right. the three sticks. You get them all I in know. there, mix in three Koreans, and you got a specialty there, pal. We're you got good. everything We're you good. need. So yep. uh, down in this range, couple guys you mentioned sixty nine hundred. I actually like Domin better at sixty nine hundred. Um, again, sort of the plot is way around. He's a first timer. I'm not sure if he's gonna pick up a bunch of ownership or not, but uh, decent recent form. Got the stats for it. Got the recent, you know, recent stats as well. Like in the shorter term stats, like him, Kevin Na. Uh, you know, I'm surprised you didn't mention him. Na walk all over this place. Uh, he's got a decent history here. Uh, again, I, I think he's playing all right. He hasn't been, you know, lighting the world on fire, but had some decent results. Uh, good price for him, 6900 with the course history there. Uh, interesting GPP play, Bryce Garnett. Uh, looked him up and main thing that stood out for me on him. No one probably even follows him or knows who he is, but uh, he's actually three for three here. The times he has played and made cuts Mm -hmm. and he did really well this year at the Sony open and the Mayakoba, I believe it was, which are the two sort of coastal less than driver type courses. So interesting there. Ches, I like it. it. Yeah. Ches Reeves, another one, Brian Gay, you mentioned, Scott Stallings, a little recent form. But the other guy I will go on, and I don't know what the public will do with him because he's tilting, is Scott Piercy. Uh, 16th here last year, three for four cuts made here. Again, seems a little bit cheap, but anything can happen with him. I, I do like Scott Piercy, though, at 6,700. And then drop way down. A couple of those name drops at the bottom will be uh, Stewie Sink, two-time winner here. Von Taylor, a couple of the old guys. Uh, Ryan Armour fits that narrative. And then the one last one I got near the bottom, my $6,100 guy this week is going to be Ben Silverman. Accuracy, nothing much lately. You won't see nothing on him, $6,100. But he uh, hits a lot of fairways, man. So if, if he can just do his thing, that's the, that's the name of the game here. Hit the fairway, hit the green, see what happens. I like him for 6100 as a GPP flyer. All right. Did we miss anybody there, Tambo? 
Um, no, I think we named too many to be honest. Uh, but to so me, too. it was—it's one of those weeks, and and there's weather that's going to come into play. So, guys, keep in mind when you know we normally don't give this many plays. Shows normally not this long. But what I would say is, if you're writing this down, or if you're writing every play down, it's too many. You know, get the plays down, and then if you play the ones that you feel you like, or the narratives you like, or the stats you heard that you liked, and then also look at the things like we talk about with weather and waves and draws. And if that comes into play, that can help chop your pool down too. That's what I do. That's why if you look at my lineups, you won't always see every guy that I mentioned play. I'm just trying to give you guys as much information as possible to make it as clean as possible so that you can make the decisions and build your own lineup strong. All right. That sounds good there, buddy. Why don't you lead us into the betting segment there? Yeah, betting segment sponsored by betql.co. I want to go download the app, whether it's in the App Store or the Google Play Store on Android. Main thing you're looking at, you know, you want to have this app for three reasons. One is their value bets. So they've got algorithms set up so they can show you what the top values are on the day. Same as we talk about values in golfers and DFS. Uh, They've got the line movement. So you can see how the line moves throughout the day, sort of help you fuel your decision-making process, what you're going to go with, who you want to pick, that sort of thing. Uh, And then lastly, public betting. You want to know what side the money's on, right? What's everybody doing? Because sometimes the public can be wrong. Sometimes it can be something you think is not right, and you can go with against that narrative. Uh, and it's big right now, you know, NBA playoffs, baseball just starting, all of that sort of stuff. So uh, download the app, betql.co. I got a small card, and it's an interesting one, Kenny. I really am just taking a flyer. So I'll do my long shots first. I got Garnett, 225 on the each way. I got Keith Mitchell because I'm not going to miss that again if it happens. 90 on the each way. Uh, but then I'm going to do a double. Um, and that's where I'm going to bet the golfers with something else to try and boost them. And you follow hockey because you got your your beloved Caps. You know, Washington Caps in, the, in there. Got their ass this fucking year. whooped tonight. But Ovi did murder somebody on the ice. Someone got their ass whooped. I was going to say it was – and by Ovi. Literally Ovi murdered this 19-year-old kid in the middle of the ice. I thought the dude died. I he knocked him out. Yeah, I, I saw that. Dude, I thought the dude was dead. It was incredible, but we got our asses whooped tonight. Yeah, so uh, I here's the thing. Tampa Bay was so good. I know they've got some injuries. I don't even follow hockey heavily unless my team's in the playoffs, which is the Flames, and they are. And Tampa Bay's down 3 nothing, and it's like 1.7 to 1 are the odds on them winning game four, which I really don't think they're going to go down. They're literally the best team in the NHL. They were favored to win the Stanley Cup by a landslide. I think they've got at least one win in them, so I'm just taking a long shot here, and I'm plugging that in with Bryson, Fleetwood, and Webb. Ooh, I, I like don't really that. care. You know, it's just the it's sort of the guys that are at the range that I don't quite like them at 20s or 30s, but I want to get them a little more. So it's just that it's the Tampa Bay to win Game Four with Bryson, Fleetwood, and Webb. You got all day tomorrow to listen to this, so hopefully you get to it beforehand if you want to try it with me. That's where I'm going this week. What do you got? Uh, I got I got like three main guys. I'm going Fleetwood twenty five to one. I think he's gonna. Like I said, like this whole year I've been saying he's gonna get his first win. It's gonna happen soon, and I still believe it. Uh, even with his little letdown at the Masters on Saturday and Sunday, it's just because he couldn't putt. He couldn't make a damn putt. Um, yeah. So uh, you know his, his ball striking was still solid. He was above average in in uh, driving accuracy, above average in driving distance, above average in greens and regulation. It's just he sucked ass at putting on the weekend, and that really hurt him. So I'm going back to Fleetwood at 25 to one. Um, I like Poulter at 40 to one, uh, and I think Leishman at 50 to one is just wrong. Like I mean, I know he hasn't been playing that well, but this is Mark Leishman. I mean, 50 to one, I'll take that bet. Uh, those are my main bets, and I got two long shots. I got Andrew Landry at a hundred to one, 
and Adam Schenk at uh, 125 to one. And I sort of like that Bryce Garnett, uh, 225 sounds money with a top five or top, probably a top 10 bet for me. I'll do that as well. What do you got? The one and done. Uh, one and done. I really didn't even think about that. I totally forgot, but I'll go Poulter. Uh, you know, I, I'll go Poulter here. It, it wasn't that hard. I totally forgot about it, but just looking at it, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I feel like I want to go lighter on Cantlay everywhere else, So, and I'm not betting them, so I'm, I'm going to go with Cantlay in my one and done. All right, that sounds good. Um, why don't you tell them where to find you there, Tambo? Yeah, gupscorner.com had a, a pretty big week over there. We just ended. We got a new promotion, actually, because the, the locked-in period ended uh, with the original promo. So it's a, sort of the master's hangover promotion. But now through Sunday, if you enter the promo code HANGOVER, you'll get 25% off any package. Basically, if you didn't jump on early and you have a little bit of regret there, you can still get a really good deal and it'll lock you in for life at that price as well. All right, sounds good. Before I get into my stuff, remember – to uh, download the draft draft app or go to draft.com, use promo code DGEN, get yourself a $3 ticket to try it out. The snake, they got snake drafts. They got stuff for best ball stuff coming up from NFL already. People are drafting that shit, which I think is fucking crazy. Uh, you know, and they have cool things. Uh, they have cool things where you can do like uh, no salary cap drafts, uh, the snake draft. It's a really cool site, different than what you see on other sites, and it's pretty damn cool. So make sure you use promo code DGEN, get yourself a $3 ticket on a minimum $10 uh, uh, buy-in there or a $10 uh, buying in for $10 for the site. Also, make sure to go to fansharesports.com. Use promo code DGEN20. This is all caps. Um, you know, Make sure you get that. You need this for the ownership. You need this for the forum guide. You need this for the trends. It's a site that you don't have. You are missing out. You are in a disadvantage if you don't get on fansharesports.com. So make sure you use that promo code DGEN20. Of course, you can find me uh, at powerhourpod.com. I write my article there uh, every week. And you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Uh, you know, all the good nuggets I always post on there as well. And right. every major radio show in the nation. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. If you guys, if you guys are uh, on, on some radio shows there and need need some interviews, me and Tambo, we're always game. There are people, we're always game. All right, guys. So uh, after a great Masters, hopefully we have another good week. Good luck to all DJ Nation. Let's fucking win some goddamn money. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.